Welcome, sons and daughters of God, as we gather for worship on this fourth Sunday of Advent. We continue our preparation for the celebration of Christ's coming among us. Thank you for taking the time to be with us and allowing us to spend some time with you. As we say, we are waiting through Advent, and sometimes the longer we wait, the more life seems to be a big mess. But the promise that we have from God is that he comes to us even in the midst of our messes, and oftentimes because of the messes we make of life. And so we look forward to hearing that promise today as we worship. As we have been doing in these past weeks, we invite you to gather four candles uh, if you have them, or an Advent wreath, and today light all four of them as we prepare ourselves to worship together.
We praise You, O God, for this wheel of time that marks our days of preparation for Christ's advent. As we light the candles on this wreath of promise, open our eyes to see your presence in the lowly ones of this earth. Enlighten us with your grace, that we may sing of your advent among us in the Word made flesh. Grant this through Christ our Lord, whose coming is certain and whose day draws near. Amen. Amen. Just a couple minutes, I'm going to pay for these items, I'll get out of here. It's really nice to run into you again. Yeah, that will be $5.83. $5.83. Yeah. Don't forget your pennies. Yeah. Be sure to write. 
enterprise to find work. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry, sir. Um, this line is closing. You're going to have to go back and over into the answer. It's, it's time for my break. I'm sorry. I want to hold you up from your break. These past four weeks, we have focused upon waiting, entering into your people's long wait for the promised Messiah to be born. We confess that waiting is hard, whether it be at a checkout line in the local grocery store, the test results of a medical exam, or the answer to a long-time prayer. We hear the favorite carols, Lord. And we see the decorations and the lights. The momentum of these days easily sweeps us along towards Christmas. Christmas is where we want to be. The quicker, the better. However, it is important for this Advent time of preparation and waiting to be savored and appreciated. It is a time to cling to your promise to shape, to comfort, and to restore us to wholeness you desire for our lives. Lord God, we are about to celebrate the birth of your Son. As we stand on the threshold of the fulfillment of your greatest promise, we are struck by the way you have accomplished your purpose. You chose to lift up those whom the world regarded as poor, weak, and powerless. Your ways are beyond our understanding and often opposite to the way we would do business. As these days pass by, help us to be more aware of the world's need for a Savior Sensitize us to those around us who are hungry or lonely or hurting. Weave the meaning of this season into every fabric of our being so that we will be able to welcome the promised Messiah into our lives. Amen. People of God, hear this glad news. By God's endless grace, your sins are forgiven, and you are free, free from all that holds you back, and free to live in the peaceable realm of God. May you be strengthened in God's love, comforted in Christ's peace, and accompanied with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Let us pray together. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. With your abundant grace and might, Free us from the sin that would doubt your promises of grace and mercy, that willingly we may bear your redeeming love to all the world. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from... Second Samuel, the seventh chapter. Instead of David building a house for God, God promises to establish David's house forever. Centuries later, after the Babylonian exile, no king sat on the throne. Even then, however, the people of Israel remembered this promise and continued to hope for a king, the Messiah. God's anointed. A reading from 2 Samuel. Now when the king was settled in his house and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved, wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel whom I commanded 
to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more as formerly, from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house, your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Thanks be to God. The Gospel According to Luke. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, amen. I love what Pastor Courtney Crump of Grace Baptist Church in Richmond posted this week. She tells of a pastor friend who decided to make sure that his children understood the real meaning of Christmas. And so he sat down at the kitchen table with his four-year-old son to begin the project of crafting a cardboard cutout nativity scene. Maybe you remember those. I had one, uh, we had one at our house when, when I was growing up. It's the kind that said, a fold tab down here and insert into slot here and that kind of thing. He said that he didn't remember them being quite so difficult and in very short order things appeared to be a disaster. Nothing seemed to fit and it certainly didn't look like the picture that was on the box. And so Pastor Dad began to, to take over and And he certainly found out very quickly that he wasn't any better at it than his young son. He was about to just can the whole thing because he looked down and he saw figures that, that were just bent over, spineless, twisted, torn at the edge, taped together. It just was, was a complete disaster and he was ready to just, just do away with it. And his son was not the least bit impressed. But as the little boy looked at this tragic scene, the little boy that remember who, who was trying to remember and be taught what the real meaning of Christmas is, he looked at this whole scene and he said, So, Daddy, where is God in all this mess? Why is it that kids always come up with the best lines? Where is God in all this mess? How many times have you asked that question in these past months? And I imagine that most everyone who has any kind of leaning toward faith, and maybe a lot of people who don't, have also been asking that same question. There is a lot of mess in our lives and in our world. It reminds me of the story I heard about a mother and father who received a telegraph from their son 
who had started his first semester in his freshman year at college. And the telegram simply read, Dear Mom and Dad, start worrying. Details to follow. (laughs) Uh, There are lots of things to worry about. It seems like especially so these days. So where is God in all this mess? You know, that's really an Advent kind of question. It's a question that's full of waiting and watching and wondering, which certainly is the theme of Advent. So while we are trying to pull together and and create a scene that reminds us of, of that perfect nativity, we find that it ends up being a great big mess. And we ask, God, where are you? Can't you see this mess? Can't you see how much we need you? Part of the wonder of Advent is that it creates a space and gives us some time to realize that the questions and the longings that we have are the same kinds of questions and longings that have been asked for hundreds of years. In fact, those same questions have been asked even before Christmas was Christmas. This week we we turn to Luke. And if we know anything about the story, we know that it takes place when the people in that small village in Palestine and all of their clan have been quivering in hope for the advent of God in their lives. They have been in a mess. It seems like it's been going on forever. And they're frantic with hope and longing for God to come and rescue them again. Because it doesn't look like there's anybody else who is up to the task. Certainly, they don't feel like they are. God's anointed will come soon. One day soon. I just know it will. That's what they said. Because they didn't have anything else to hold on to. But deep down inside, their prayers were, God, You see all this mess, right? Please come and help us. Save us, O God. And then, at last, with a cloud of mystery, a messenger named Gabriel came with a a message, an announcement directly from God. He goes to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. He goes and says to this young woman named Mary, Greetings, favored one. 
God is with you. Favored? Really? I, I mean, think about it for just a minute. God's announcement of an impending pregnancy was not an answer to Mary's prayers. Far from it. In fact, Gabriel's words don't so much solve a problem for Mary as it creates one for her. She is going to have a lot to worry about. Things are going to seem like a great big mess in her life if everything works out the way Gabriel said it will. And so at first, she's a little skeptical. How in the world is this going to happen? She asked. Does it occur to you that Mary isn't the only one who struggles to believe that she is favored? That God is with her? Wanting her to do some big task? Wouldn't we struggle too? Especially with the year we've had? I think there are a lot of people who would, who would find it really hard to believe the greeting that they are blessed. That God is with them. But maybe the point of this story, at least in part, and why we need to hear it now is that it's not about Mary's time or Mary's plan. It's simply about God's timing. God's plan. This story tells us that God doesn't wait for Mary to be ready. God doesn't wait for the world to be ready. God doesn't wait for pandemics to end. God doesn't wait for all of the messes to be tidied up. This story of God coming to Mary means that if God would choose to make an entrance into our world in a small little town called Nazareth to a, a carpenter, and his young fiancé, if God would choose to come like that, then God can make an entrance into our world and into our life anytime and anywhere. Even in the messiest of times. here on this fourth Sunday of Advent, when we're asking, where is God in this mess? Today's story is asking us to consider the very real possibility of here is God in this mess.
Because if we hear how God chose to come into the messiness of Mary and Joseph's world, and then if we remember how Jesus lived His life with the most vulnerable and broken-hearted people in the midst of their messes, in their hard places, in their dark and lonely places, if we remember that's where He spent most of His time, and the people that He dealt with most of all, then maybe we can come to realize that's exactly where He is being born today. And maybe, if we can decide with Mary to to let it be with me, in other words, if we can say as she said, count me in, then we can come to understand that we are God's favored ones. Just like she was. And that God shows up into our lives when we least expect it and when we need God the most. One of my favorite Advent stories is the one about a little boy who stood up in his school classroom one day. It was Dad's Day. A day when fathers were invited to visit their child's classroom. But sadly, things being what they are, very few fathers were able to come. But the teacher tried to keep the spirit of the day alive by by going around the room and asking each one of the students what, what her or his father did for a living. The first one said, my father's a lawyer. And the second one said, my dad's a pharmacist. And the third said, my father owns a store. And the inflection in each voice got just a little bit bolder and a little bit more proud, trying to make their father seem more important than the last one. You know how children will do that kind of thing. And so it went all the way around the room in this wealthy suburban classroom until it came the turn of this one boy whose father wasn't socially prominent, didn't have a a grand profession. So this little boy stood up and looked over at his father and Seemed a little bit embarrassed. Didn't really know what to say. But then his face began to brighten. And then a great big smile came across. And he said, My daddy, my daddy is here. Friends, that's exactly what we need right now. That God is not waiting for things to be just right before showing up. I know it seems like we are waiting, but God doesn't wait. And if that's true, 
Shouldn't we sing our songs of longing? Our songs of hope and joy, especially loud this year because of all the pain and uncertainty that we have been dealing with? If that sounds a little bit foolish to you, I understand. I sometimes feel that way too. It is hard to sing in the midst of our pain. And the fact is, we do try so very hard to, to make Christmas look like that perfect manger scene, but so often, especially in 2020, it ends up being just a big mess. So maybe it's especially important this year to be reminded that the carols and the prayers and the celebrations and the readings and, and everything there is about Christmas contains the heart and the promise that God is with us. Even in our messes. So that we will know we are not alone. Over the next few days, I want to invite you to remember the words that Gabriel spoke to Mary. And imagine that those very same words were addressed to you. Because you are favored. The Lord is with you. As you go about running your errands, wrapping your gifts, baking your cookies, greeting your family on a Zoom meeting, you, as you clean house, as you work remotely from your desk, or as you struggle to get stronger from having been sick. You, who do whatever it is you need to do to try to get through these days that seem to go by so slowly. Even you, who feels like your life is just one big mess. Greetings. Favored one. God is with you. Always. O come, Emmanuel.
The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. The peace of Christ be with you. this fourth Sunday of Advent, let us pray that God come quickly to this weary world, responding to each petition with the words, come and save us soon. O God, Emmanuel, we pray, be with us. Bless our national church and our own congregation. Bless also our neighbors of other denominations and faiths, that strengthened by your presence, we may support one another in love and together serve those in need. Hear our prayer, O God. Come Come and and save save us soon. O God, King of nations, bring peace and justice to the countries of the world. Lead the nations of the Middle East towards peace with one another and justice for the Palestinians. Guide our elected leaders toward honest and compassionate policies that serve all the people. Preserve our nation from discord and violence. Hear our prayer, O God. Come and save us soon. O God, Key of David, look with mercy on all who are locked into despair, who fear the darkness, who live brokenhearted. Open windows to those who are isolated. Abide with all who are incarcerated. Give shelter to the homeless and the refugees. Hear our prayer, O God. Come and save us soon. O God, root of Jesse, nurture our community. Connect us with one another across all barriers and bring an end to historic prejudices. Bless the work of food pantries and relief agencies and inspire our holidays with your spirit of benevolence. 
Hear our prayer, O God. Come and save us soon. O God, ruler of might, send your healing power to all in bodily need. Curb the coronavirus and strengthen medical workers. For those with COVID-19, we pray. Guide all World Health Organizations and governmental officials in the distribution of the vaccines and calm the fears of those who are reluctant to receive the vaccine. Bring pregnant women to successful births. We pray especially for Susan Bayman, Jesse Brock, Linda Duffseth, Sam Green, Alberta Holden, Hank Mazur, the Riggs family, Mary Lou Schofield, Roger Strong, Bob Stroud, Matt Surak, Bill Sutton, Ron Wagner, Gary Yelly, and those in our hearts or on our lips. Hear our prayer, O God. Come and save us soon. O God, our Savior, dwell within us. Make us your home and receive the prayers of our hearts. Hear our prayer, O God. And save us soon. We cannot thank you enough, O Emmanuel, for your ongoing presence among us. Remain with us and receive our prayers for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our, our Father, Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. It has been a joy to worship with you today, and we hope that our time together in worship has been meaningful to you and has helped to feed you for your journey in these days ahead. Christmas Eve is right around the corner, and uh, again, it will be a little different this year. We will be having our Christmas Eve worship virtually, and so we want to be sure that you are uh, able to share in that worship service. We have prepared a home for Christmas gift bag for you, and that uh, gift bag includes what you will need to make the, the worship experience more meaningful for you and those who gather with you on Christmas Eve. We will be airing our Christmas Eve service at 4 p.m. Christmas afternoon, and we hope that that time together will help you celebrate Christ's birth among us. 
The service for the 27th of December, the Sunday after Christmas, uh, will be uh, provided by the North Carolina Synod staff, and we will be sending out uh, a link to their YouTube channel so that you will be able to worship together uh, using the Synod staff as leaders for that worship. Now please hear this assurance of grace. God has always loved you. God loves you now, and God will love you forever. This is the good news that gives us new life. The good news that allows us to experience God's presence even in the midst of life's messiness. And so we go about our days trusting that God will continue to bless us and keep us, that God's face will shine on us with grace and mercy, that God will look upon us with favor and will give us peace. Amen. Let my spirit always sing, though my heart be wintering, though the season of despair give no sign that you are there, God to song. Let my spirit always sing to your spirit answering through the silence, through the pain. No, my hope is not in vain. Like a Go in peace. Live in God's promise. Thanks be to God.